podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When we made our McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets, you were praise hands emoji. Then we ran out and you were streaming tears emoji. Now they're back, so you can be grinning face with sweat emoji. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. Break out the party hat emoji, because a six-piece spicy chicken McNuggets is just $2.50. And if that's not enough, try a spicy McCrispy or a spicy deluxe McCrispy. And if that's not enough, there's always the sauce. Price and participation may vary. Hello and welcome to this week's Foot Weekly podcast. On the main feed, it's the Gameplay Pod this week. I'm your host Ben and this is brought to you by our supporters. We start though on a more somber note. Since recording the podcast and me recording this intro, sadly one of football's very greatest players has passed away and I just wanted to say rest in peace Diego Maradona, one of, as I said, the true greats but also probably one of the most misrepresented footballers in world football. and. To be honest, I probably wouldn't have said that had I not watched the 2019 documentary on him, which includes really incredible, I think never before seen footage from his time at Napoli, both personal and more public. It is a fascinating watch and probably the best football thing I've watched outside of football itself. And for me, I think the best documentary that I've watched You can find it, I know, just by Googling it, 2019 Maradona documentary. And if you have, you know, an hour and a half this week, it is fantastic and a great tribute to, as I said, one of the world's greatest players. Let's now get into the podcast. There is plenty to talk about on the gameplay front this week. Uh, The intros, we had some technical issues and there might be a few audio quirks in this recording, but probably nothing too noticeable. Uh, So I'll do the introductions. We have Matt Foot Trading and we have the Foot Coach, who I'm sure you'll all know very well by this point. But we also have a voice you may not recognise, England international cricketer, friend of the podcast, supporter of the podcast, and actually also a guest on our special we did on professional sports, foot and psychology, which was uh, very interesting, I think. It is uh, Stephen Finn. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you. As you said on the Supporter Content Pod, you play Weekend League and you might be aiming vaguely for Elite at some point. Oh, I think I've not ever been in the hunt to get Elite. So my best is Gold 1, but the dream is to one weekend when there's a semi-decent team of the week to, to try and get up there and get elite. Uh, but mm. there's probably a couple of things holding me back with that at the moment. Well, hopefully a couple of tips from this week's pod will help you out. I certainly always take something away myself. And we, of course, have the foot coach to provide plenty of tips in this one. And Matt, we shouldn't take it away from you, you know, elite one player in the past, I believe. And we can certainly learn something from you about uh, closing out games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, have we got into eighty minutes of this podcast? Uh, it was that. It was the eighty now, second. Now start filling. It was the eighty second. And apparently, if I did yeah, it in yeah. the eighty seventh, it's absolutely fine. So, yeah, I mean, I think we were saying on the last pod. I mean, you know, it's just part of the game, really, especially if you know at the top level. And it's a long time in game time, but in real time, it's not very long, is it? So, it makes sense to me. I mean, I'm I'm just not cynical enough to to be time wasting it sounds ridiculous no, 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 because... no, no. it was game management but game... <laughs> game management yes we don't call it time wasting. i'll tell you what matt right that guy had 82 minutes to win that game 
Exactly, exactly. And I'll tell you what, if he had spent more time trying to win the ball back than recording his screen, he might have done something about it. <laughs> you tell him. <laughs> Billy, what about you? You were uh, all over time wasting in the 80th minute? I mean... 82nd minute. <laughs> Stick up for yourself, Matt. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a rat. It's the 82nd, not the 80th. <laughs> I, um, I tell you what I do. I... And I did it two or three times this weekend. It'll be about 86 minutes. And I'll try the most adventurous through ball you've ever seen down the line. It gets intercepted and it gives the person one more chance at an attack. And I think in three games this weekend just gone, I conceded beyond 90 minutes to equalise and then lost either on penalties or in extra time. And that's when I'm like, I wish I'd done some game management then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, if you look at Matt for trading's mentions, then you can see a perfect execution. Of, uh, well, <laughs> let's, put, let's put it this way. We were talking about some of uh, Finney's insults that he's had. Um, let's just say some of the stuff I was getting wasn't too far off that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, in fairness, uh, I did mention this as well. You put out a poll and most people said that they would do the same, basically. So you're certainly not in uh, a minority. And yeah, uh, as, as plenty of people have said like it's it's totally part of the game and i don't even think it's especially scummy to do it and you know but that was to his followers ben they they follow him because they like him it's kind of a loaded well i assume they follow him because they like him i don't know to my followers don't don't they (laughs) probably mine don't as well actually once we know it's probably very unfair on our followers actually let's move on quickly this is a question that i would like to probably talk about in the future from macrick he's saying he's getting very frustrated about tackles coming back to his opponent and I think that's something that a lot of people have been mentioning. And I think there aren't, from what we discussed before we started the pod, that many good ways really that we can think of of dealing with this, apart from perhaps the more obvious things like having defenders with really high standing tackle. Someone like Varane, I find much more reliable. I would say making sure you're not making tackles when you don't need to, certainly not in the box. You can just stand there and hold your position most of the time and that will do the job. And I think it's one of the things you do notice in real football, particularly your defenders don't want to be making tackles unless they have a man behind them in case the ball you know, does go through them. And it's something we've said before in the pod, you know, if you've made a tackle, you are kind of admitting to a mistake in some way, especially if it's with your centre-backs, because you are trying to prevent your opponent getting there in the first place if you can. But, you know, this is the problem. Most of the advice we're thinking of here is avoiding tackling and I suppose using someone with high standing tackle and who has the size is going to help a lot as well. But really, you know, it does need balancing, in my opinion. And uh, hopefully we see that going forward. But we want to focus, as always, on the things that we can give advice about and feel comfortable that it's going to help people. And I'm not sure for that particular thing uh, we have much to say other than the things I mentioned, the more obvious things. Let's move on to Broadfield's question then, which is, which new technique from FIFA 21 do you use most in your gameplay? Could be a skill, certain cross, runs, tackling, etc. Matt, do you want to start us off here? Apart from crossing, I can't really think of anything... I mean, I've tried to add skills into my game, but that's not necessarily something that's really new in FIFA 21 specifically. I think, I think, yeah, the crossing is be will be sort of the big one. Utilizing a range of different crosses and getting familiar with them has really been a big factor for me, especially on counter attacks. You know, having that that R1 double tap square cross mm. at the start was quite good. Now I typically just use just a standard cross or maybe just a an R1 square instead. But yeah, just yeah, I'd say mainly those those crossing mechanics, knowing the 
the different times to utilize them. I really think the finishing's absolutely ridiculous off the crossing this year. It just seems mm. it feels like slider finishing. It really does. Yeah. Like you just have such a boost when you uh you finish from across. So um yeah, that'd be the main thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Steve, anything you've added? I like the drag to heel as a new skill move this year. Um, I find that a really good way of cutting inside from the wing. Mm. So, yeah, and uh, not really a, a new skill move as such, but the bridge dribble is is definitely very effective. Yep. So I'd throw that in there as well, I think. Yeah, bridge is decent. Obviously, that's double tap R1 or RB. And then, yeah, drag to heel is a good one, actually, for cutting in. As you said, it's LB or L1 and then back and then left or right on the right stick. Finney, anything new that you're using this year? Mine, and it's not a new skill move, but it's new for me trying it, is the Elastico. Bringing that into the game and then just how effective it has been even since the patch where they stopped the chaining of it, just to be able to find space in the box to then open something up. I found that really, really helpful. Um, And I've not mastered that, but I'm comfortable doing that. The next thing I'm trying to get comfortable doing now is the bridge um, is the bridge move, but I can't seem to get the timing of when to do it when the defender's coming towards you to knock it around him. So, um, so yeah, still trying to incorporate that into my game. Here's something interesting because I initially at the start of the game was like bridge move is really good. Uh, it's going to be quite strong. And while initially it was quite strong because people didn't really know about it and the boost you get is decent, it's actually quite hard to execute, as you were saying, because of the very fixed direction that you can do it in. And actually, I was saying, I think that the directional nutmeg is actually basically the bridge dribble, but more effective because you can direct it, if that makes sense. So react to what your opponent's doing in a much better way than you can with that bridge. The way that you do it is you just hold LB and RB, so that's L1 and R1, uh, and then flick the right stick in the direction that you want to aim your heavy touch, I suppose, it is uh, into. Uh, it really does feel better than the bridge, but it's also just something that I feel people don't expect. And that little boost you get just really can help you out. And I often use it after doing a skill or ball roll or or shifting positions so that you get that little extra bit of acceleration um, to get you away from a defender. It's, it's really, really good, actually. I, think, I guess that would be one of the, the new things that I've been using and I think Matt you know great point on crossing I think that's definitely something people may have neglected last year but it's really effective this year I wanted to move on to a question though CMT asks if you have a player with a big gap between their acceleration and sprint speed which do you prefer to be higher and I suppose do you have any particular preferences in certain positions where you feel like acceleration is more important than sprint speed or maybe sprint speed is more important than acceleration uh steve do, do you have any preferences that's a really really good question actually i think it's important particularly and perhaps underappreciated on defensive midfielders i think you need pretty steep acceleration on, on a good ball winner uh whereas sprint speed isn't so important because they'll never really reach full speed but getting over the distance you know over over a short space is is very important and the likes of Kante if you don't apply the the shadow chem card you're leaving him with like 79 acceleration and you can really feel it you can you can massively feel the difference between 79 without the shadow and 89 with the shadow mm. also important on strikers to have good acceleration but 
Uh, you know, you, you don't want to be missing out on sprint speed there as well because they will sometimes hit top velocity. And the same applies to, to wingers, really, as well, I suppose. And and fullbacks, um, basically everybody apart from bog-standard <laughs> centre-mids and centre-backs, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a very good answer. And what do you think, uh, Matt, anything to add there? No, I think, I think Steve's hit the nail on the head, you know. I think for the most part, yeah, acceleration's the, the big key. It's going to be, you know, the big factor in sort of covering those short distances, bursting past defenders. You know, I don't think an ultimate team with the the way sort of like the drop back meta is, you know, you get a lot of players behind the ball a lot of the time. I don't think really you have that many opportunities to get players up to full speed. So having that acceleration just to sort of burst past them in those short spaces and those those tight scenarios is is key really. Mm, yeah. And uh Finn as well, anything to add there? No, not really. Only the the um my wingers, I don't look too much into their acceleration because if they're chasing the ball down the line it's their like sprint speed i think that might carry them there but yeah anything in short small bursts um either in the opposition box or your box i try and get as much acceleration as possible finney how do you think that your pace stats would break down do you think you're more of an acceleration or sprint speed kind of guy i'm a i'm a sprint speed man so i'm like one of the quickest in the team over 40 meters or i am the quickest in the team over 40 meters but over the 10 and 20 meter splits i'm very middle of the road so so i'm a low low acceleration high sprint speed i'd say got to get into that six foot six stride no doubt (laughs) i know that's it yeah it takes a while well that's actually uh, makes sense because i guess a lot of the taller players in the game like center backs they have really high sprint speed but lowish acceleration so and actually that's the point i was going to make i think acceleration is maybe not quite as important on centre-backs if you're playing a high line, for example. But the problem is, if you look at a lot of centre-backs, they have really low acceleration. And so in general, I think you probably do just want high acceleration on your centre-backs because there are loads of centre-backs who look like they have good pace but have like 70 acceleration, which, you know, even if you boost it, it's only at 80 acceleration. That's just not close to what attacking players have. So I think my only point would be to just watch out, especially on defenders, almost the opposite of what uh, the question asks there are quite a lot of players you need to be careful of because they have very low acceleration defensively um, and I think that can definitely lead you to get caught out of the back especially if you're playing a higher line than maybe uh, a lot of people do right uh, on to another sort of stat related question here and I think this is something asked by coach Vass and Jeppy basically they were saying what team 77 rated would you build this is for the managerial masterpiece which is getting a lot of action of course at the moment because of all these objectives in there and it made me think i suppose not specific players necessarily but when you're using lower rated players i mean pace is of course you know the obvious one what stat areas are you looking at on those low rated players apart from pace that makes you think that they're going to be strong Billy, uh, I'll throw you in at the deep end. Yeah, I, I've i been looking at five-star skillers. Um, mm. So I've got Wilfred Zaha in my team and he's playing striker. Um, and just because if people are going to have low-rated defenders um, and, and, you know, low defensive awareness and things like that, I just think scoop turns and things in the box against those defenders mm. are going to be so overpowered. So 
Um, so far, I, I'm currently trying to complete the Bellerin one. Um, mm. And yeah, Zaha has been a beast for me. He scored, I think, three or four hat tricks. Like it's just for low rated defenders to try and cope with someone moving that quick and, and, and um, at that speed in the box, I think it's very hard. So that's what I look for. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And actually, uh, are there any other players in that team that are lower rated that you found really good so far? I've got Almiron, Musa Sissoko, uh, Rafinha, James Rodriguez, the 84 SBC card, uh, and Foden and Zaha are my, atta- are my players, my midfielders and attackers. And I find there's a mixture of pace, solidity with Musa Sissoko. Um, good passing from James to get the ball forward to Zaha. And then I've got Fredericks, who's 76 rated right back, who's got 92 pace. And Tierney on the other side, who's got 86 pace. So he can get up and round the outside, those guys, to overload it. So, uh, yeah, I think I've built a semi-steady team there for 77 rated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think we should remind people you can use 65 rated players, three of them, on your bench just to reduce your squad rating and if you've got silvers to play in the starting 11 then definitely do uh steve anything to add here yeah well i i think that a good starting point when when you're building these kind of squads is to check out the total in-game stats of some cards and use that as a as a base guideline and then from there you can look at individual stat categories like perhaps pace or dribbling or whatever it is that you that you value in, in certain positions but i think that uh when you're dealing with a, a pretty broad spectrum of cards that you don't really have a great deal of knowledge about i think if you look at the uh the full in-game stats that's that's always a pretty good indicator of of where you want to be focusing matt anything to add on the the low rated players and, and what you're looking out for i'll be honest steve's just totally nicked my answer i was, uh, <laughs> I was very excited to, i was excited to share my you know wonderful insight about sorting by total in-game stats on uh, various fifa websites but uh, we can't do that anymore now. So, um, yes, thank you, Steve. For, uh... as, as the saying goes, <laughs> Matt, fools seldom differ. <laughs> Just in terms of more specific stats, I mean, I think Finney made a good point in terms of, obviously, five-star skills and, of course, weak foot, helpful as well, less helpful this year, I think, than last year. For me, things like height, work rate and skill moves and weak foot can do a good job of compensating for some lower stats. But one thing I've really noticed is because a lot of the chemistry styles don't boost ball control, and obviously basic does it gives plus five, which is nice. But you look at something like finisher, which was, you know, last year it was sniper basically, wasn't it? And it gave a really nice boost to pretty much all the dribbling stats. And this year it doesn't. It doesn't boost ball control at all. And so while you might look like you're giving a massive boost to someone's dribbling and someone's shooting, you're actually not improving that player's first touch at all. And this is something I noticed playing with silvers. And for certain silvers, I have been putting marksman on uh, because that gives a plus 10 on ball control. And I do think having a, a decent base ball control stat is surprisingly important for the low-rated players because if you feel like an attacking player has quite poor first touch and doesn't really keep the ball very well, and I think this is especially true for the really low-rated ones and silvers, can really mess up your attacks. Centre-back just comes in, wins the ball straight away because you've taken a poor touch. So because, as I was saying, finisher and engine don't boost that ball control stat, I would look at not only you know picking players with high ball control, but using something which does boost that. And uh, that will help you a lot in the attack. One thing I would also say, and uh, the Discord will have a chuckle about this, I'm sure, is it is fully worth getting shadows onto your centre-backs. They're cheaper than they have been previously. You may even have someone tradable in your club. And if you're going to play 10 games with a centre-back, 
then that Shadow Chem style will probably, or two if you're playing both centre-backs, what, 6k or something like that, maybe less, that will be hugely valuable and you will probably get extra wins almost definitely. And of course, as well, you will earn those coins back through match coins anyway as you play. So I think, although it might seem not the best idea to be putting Shadow on a player that you're not going to use that much, I think the return you get with centre-backs being so important, with pace being so important on defenders I think it is worth it and you know I've done that on my silvers certainly and I think for 77 rated squads it's probably worth it as well actually especially if you think you're going to use that player sometime in the future but after uh, elaborating on what is definitely my favorite topic in the world of foot putting shadow on defenders it's probably time to take a break and we'll be back in just a sec Hello listeners, this week's podcast is very kindly sponsored by the guys at Mystic Jerseys. We love all our sponsors, of course, but particularly excited about this one because the guys at Mystic are actual fans of the pod. Mystic Jerseys offers mystery boxes containing genuine football shirts from clubs around the world. It's coming up to Christmas, so it's a great time to start thinking about presents, and it's also a great time to be supporting small businesses. And what better small business to support than one that supports the podcast? These are really fantastic gifts, and of course, many of the clubs' kits are actually in foot, so you could get a mystery box and potentially end up wearing the same kit in-game. The other thing is it's a very customizable service. If there's a club you want to avoid or even a color that doesn't suit you, you can mention that when you order. The best thing is they're offering an exclusive 15% discount for Foot Weekly listeners. Just head over to mysticjerseys.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E jerseys. So J-E-R-S-E-Y-S.com and use the code FOOTWEEKLY for 15% off your order. And I should say it's UK and EU only. A huge thanks to the guys at Mystique Jerseys and let's get back into the pod. So at the end here, I wanted to, and this will probably take the rest of the pod to be honest, talk about what formations and tactics we're using primarily. Marcus Gomes on the supporter exclusive pod last week talked about his 442. People really loved that and I just thought it would be good as we haven't really done it that much on the pod this year to talk about what we're using and what we're finding effective. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. So, Finney, perhaps you could start us off. What are you using? So, I start the game, my squad's set up in a 4-5-1 to get the chemistry. But then from minute one in game, I play 4-2-3-1 with just a very balanced everything. Uh, CDM stay back whilst attacking just to sort of suss out what the opponent's about. And that's what I'll stay with for a bit. I'll then either switch to Steve's Bielsa ball tactic um, that sort of floods the wings and overloads there um, and pushes men forward. And then as my last like Hail Mary, I've got a four triple two with 10 depth and constant pressure, which drains people's stamina. But for the last 25, 30 minutes of a game, if I'm behind, I found that really, really effective this weekend with just not giving people any room to get out of their half unless they lump it forward. Um, and I found that that just made people panic and put people under pressure. So starting a 4-2-3-1, move to the 4-1-4-1 if I'm feeling confident, and then my Hail Mary, the 4 triple two. 
I think that may like I think having the four two three one like a lot of people will say you know it's it's quite a a good stable formation that a lot of top players use in order to um, make sure they're defensively compact. And I think this year, uh, Steve, would you agree with this that it feels not as effective, or it feels like I'm not seeing it as much as maybe I have in in past FIFA's? And I, w- I wonder why that is. I think it's gone out of fashion a bit. I think. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced that it's any less effective than it ever has been. I think that people are just sick to death of playing it. Um, <laughs> genuinely, I, I think that people, a, a formation that's emerging that I know a lot of pro players are getting more and more interested in is the second variant of the 4-4-2 with the sitting mm. centre mids with the CDMs. Uh, so I think that that's one to, to look out for, one that's certainly... Up and coming, but as far as the four-two-three-one goes, I've I haven't found that it plays any differently at all. Uh, but I think that, as I say, people are just so fed up of using the same attacking patterns and what have you. Mm. Yeah, and then in terms of tactic, I'm using the Bielsa tactics that that Finney mentioned. Yeah, and those are in your coaching Discord, aren't they? And you've done quite a long explainer video for those supporters, so we'll leave that for people to find there. Matt, what about you? I am very boring. Uh, four, two, three, one. Drop back, hold the ball from the 16th minute. <laughs> no, there's actually no <laughs> drop back involved, I have, you know. The only players on stay back are actually my fullbacks because I need players up the ball to hold the ball in the corner on the 82nd. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just a, just a standard four, two, three, one. The CDMs, I, don't, I think I have balanced on pretty much everything. Stay back on the fullbacks just because you, you, know, you get burnt down the wings in champs. Stay forward on your striker and cam to have that outlet. In terms of other variants, I have a little 3-5-2 in there. I know Ben will be ecstatic to hear that. So relieved, um, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little 3-5-2 in there that I like to go for, just if I need a little bit more, a little bit more width, but still have sort of those those three central threats. 4-4-2 is very nice. I have a little 4-4-2 setup that's uh, good for just sort of having four attackers if I need to stretch the play a bit more. Other than that. Pretty much to much to mention. I think it's pretty pretty standard for most for most players. I think it'd be interesting to know from you, Matt, which is something that people ask about formations with two sitting players in the midfield. Do you have one that's a more advanced player that is going to go forward, or just uh, two sitting players? Like, how do you tend to organise the midfield? I'm not really too strict with it. I do like having players that can attack, though. Um, mm. The Two CDMs I was running this weekend was an informed Paulinho and Frankie de Jong. And both very, very capable on the defensive end. Very, very good. But on the attacking end, they both had really good passing. Both could finish. And I really like that. And that's why I like having my CDMs, especially in a 4 one on balanced. Because the amount of late runs you'll get where, you know, you've got your four attackers all tied up in the defense and their CDMs. And you'll get a late run from one of your midfielders that will create an opening. Um, so yeah, I do like having players that can sort of fulfill that role as well. It just adds a little bit more on the mm. attacking end. Finny, what about you? Do you have your fullbacks staying back? Do you have a more attacking midfielder? How are you running your 4-2-3-1? The 4-2-3-1, I run it very regulation um, with the two CDMs on stay back, the fullbacks on stay back. Just to, I more use it as a formation to just suss out how the other person's going to play. And if I feel they're mm. better than me, I'll stay in that formation and be compact and just try and defend um, and then move the ball up the pitch as and when I can. But then as soon as I feel like I'm superior to my opponent, I'll switch to the Bielsa ball. 
and try and make their life hard work with the press after possession loss. But yeah, I use the four two three one very much as a as a solid formation and, and something to just try and suss out with where the opponent's going. Mm. No, no, it's really good for that. Yeah, that's all very interesting, Ben. But I think what all the listeners are really dying to know is is how you set yourself up. Well, Steve, I'm very glad you asked me that question uh, because <laughs> I've been using a system that I'm actually, for once in FIFA 21, pretty happy with. And there's a particular reason why. Uh, I feel like this could be one of those moments, probably doesn't happen quite as often as I'd like it to, where I share a tactic and people are like, ooh, I think you might be onto something there. Or at least I hope it's going to be one of those situations because having gone through quite a few formations... I, this weekend, really felt like, though I didn't finish Elite, I felt like I played far better than I have in the past when I have got Elite. I just got quite unlucky, lost three or four penalty shootouts, I think it was four actually, and those disconnects Sunday evening that I think quite a few people had also got hit by. So this weekend was definitely a case of focusing on the performance rather than the result. But basically, this tactic all came out of me thinking about defence and attack this year. It is more difficult to defend this year. And as a result, I'm actually at a disadvantage. As someone who's good at attacking, but not especially good at defending, it means that my opponent, who maybe isn't particularly fantastic at attacking, has an advantage because this year the skill gap for defending, in my opinion, is higher than it has been. The flip side of that is that if you're a defensive player who wants to play basically park bus, then you've got a huge advantage attacking because counter-attacking is very effective. So what the best counter to this is, is making sure your defensive line is fairly compact. But obviously that creates gaps down the side. The best thing, in my opinion, to do then is five at the back. But you don't want that five at the back to come at the cost of not having the solid two lines of four when your opponent takes a while to build up and your defense resets. Now that is actually exactly what you do get when you play drop between defenders on one of your midfielders. When you have the drop back instruction on your CDM will drop in with the center backs on the attack to create a back three and then will become part of the midfield again when you then defend. The problem with that is that actually if you're playing a two-man midfield, which is what I prefer because I like to have the link up between two central forwards and then the wide players uh, joining in as well, it means that you are going to get this lopsided situation if you were to play a 4-4-2 with one of the midfielders dropping between the defenders. So what I've gone for, and I apologise, this is getting quite long isn't it is to play a 4-1-3-2 which has a CDM sitting behind a centre mid right and another reason why it occurred to me that this could work quite well is one of my big issues this year and a number of people have mentioned this is that the CDMs or even just you know midfielders don't play an active enough role in the defending process if you like if they're not being manually controlled. And although a lot of people will argue that's an effective way to defend, it is in certain situations and against certain opposition. But I feel that if you want to actually be even slightly aggressive, and certainly when you're defending a good opponent in the wide area who can beat an AI player or make the right directed runs, maybe use player lock, 
even someone who's just good at dummies, right? They can beat that AI defender and cause you real, real problems. So it's why I tend to be uncomfortable with using AI defending too much. So what my idea was, was to keep your midfielders active defensively, have your CDM, yes, on stay back and cover centre, but actually have the CM on drop between defenders and also have them on cover wing because remember they'd only go wide if your fullbacks were out of position those are in this setup on stay back to keep them in position and you actually have the center mid on aggressive interceptions to when they come out of that dropped between position they really proactively seek to nick the ball in the passing lanes it seems to work very well as a defensive unit and you might say, well, isn't that inevitable? You've got most of your players uh, pulled back. But I am playing seven or sometimes even eight depth if I'm, as James would say, feeling extra spicy. <laughs> but what it does is then create that semicircle of pressure, which will help to prevent a counterattack, but also provide enough passing options. So the CDM that is sitting there in front of the defence will come forward and play a playmaking pivot role in the centre. So you do still have a midfield and attacking wise with my striker who's on come back on defence and false nine, I do have that in the whole player who can move between the lines as well. So the CDM isn't trying to do that. In terms of the rest of the tactics, apart from depth being on seven or eight, you've got everything else on four with corners and free kicks, whatever you like, really personal preference. And then the defensive and offensive style both would be on balanced. And you can play this on press on possession loss. But I do think that using the D-pad is better because you can decide when it comes on and off. It can be so dangerous to have press on possession loss on if you're prone to losing it in your own half, uh, which I certainly can be. I would say that also my other pointer on this is that it is not something that I would really recommend if you struggle uh, in the attacking third. I think it won't be the ultimate counter-attacking formation and it won't be the ultimate possession formation. So just bear that in mind. It's sort of an in-between, very balanced, effective against most things and not weak so much either. So just bear that in mind when you're thinking about playing it. But for me, it's been a revelation. It's been fantastic. And although I've pretty much given, I think, the whole tactic here, I will put the handy video into the tactics bank for people to view and set up for themselves with the full instructions and tactics and everything. So if you're a gold or above supporter, that'll be in the Discord tactics bank. And I'll clip this and put it in there as well because that was a lengthy and rambling explanation, which I'm sure nobody probably took in first time. The short explanation is 4132 with your centre mid on drop between defenders is, in my opinion, a defensively better version of the 442 without sacrificing a huge amount going forward. If you use it, have any thoughts or questions, do just let me know at Foot Weekly Ben or, of course, in the Discord is great too. As I said, I rambled on though, let's uh, wrap it up. And actually, before we do, Finney, I had a question for you. We obviously recorded before that podcast, which was focused around taking a kind of mentality from professional sports into foot. 
since we did that, is it something you've like thought about at all or or tried to add to your game? Because foot is intensely mental. I think Steve and I have talked about this for years, really. Have you, I don't know, found a way of channeling your, your sort of inner focus for professional sports into FIFA 21? Yeah, I think actually the one thing that I have found is that last year I'd have a formation that I was playing and I would just roll with that the entire game um, and I wouldn't really change anything whereas if in cricket I'm trying something and, and someone's smashing a certain delivery I'm bowling out of the ground then naturally you will change what you're doing to adapt to the circumstances so probably the one thing I took from that that I do now is that I won't have different variations of the same formation. I'll have some very different formations. So it poses different questions for the op- opponent to answer. Um, so the three formations that I run predominantly, the 4-2-3-1, the 4-1-4-1, and the 4 triple two, all are very different in their own way, which then means that the person can't just settle into one mode of playing against me. They have to adapt to that which if I was playing cricket or playing a game of cricket is exactly what I'd do. I'd assess the conditions, assess the opponent and then do whatever I thought they found hardest. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And Steve, do you have any thoughts on changing formation to suit the opposition? You can do, yeah. I mean, it it depends really on what your own mentality is, whether you want to go out and dictate to your opponent from the get-go or if you just want to, uh, to be more flexible and adapt during the game. Personally, I tend to try and take the game to the opponent a bit more initially but certainly appreciate what Finn is saying there that sometimes you do have to be prepared that if uh, I mean some some formations just simply don't match up well against others mm. and if you happen to be in one of those situations then yeah it's obviously uh, it's obviously good to be able to adapt I'm just just wondering really how much skill there is involved in just throwing a cricket ball at somebody really quickly at this point <laughs> very little like in cricket yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, i wish i could put a shadow or a hunter on myself <laughs> <laughs> uh well Philly, it's been a real pleasure to have you on really great to to get your thoughts and uh, you know a few little anecdotes for people as well great to have you back thanks for having me it's been good fun and look forward to listening to the future editions as well yeah of course a huge thanks for your support as well if you'd like to just like finney support the pod keep it going and then you can do that and also enter the 12,000 FIFA point giveaway which is happening this month uh, to celebrate 500 supporters it's just three pounds a month and you get double the amount of bonus podcast content you can do that and enter the giveaway at bit.ly slash pod points two so that's bit.ly slash pod points two for now though Finny I believe people can find you at Finny Steve on pretty much all the social medias out there that's it all on the same handle yeah great and uh, we should say thank you very much and goodbye to Matt. Matt, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on, Ben. It was a yeah, it was a good good laugh this week. I enjoyed it. it was very nice, <laughs> yes. very nice insights from uh, from everyone in it. Starting to waste time here at the end, maybe. Yeah. What is your <laughs> it, uh, uh, that one? That one went over my head for a little while, and then I, and then I clocked. And, uh, <laughs> just rolled my eyes, Matt. Twitter uh, is where people can follow you if they don't already. Yeah, you can find all my rat gameplay over there um, at Matt Trading on Twitter. We get elite, but we play we play awful football. And Twitch, of course, as well. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back live on Twitch around Team of the Year time for our big Team of the Year pack opening, where we'll no doubt pack all of the crap discard informs and useless eighty two rated cards in the game. Amazing. Yeah, I look forward to that. And Steve, the home of packing things that aren't discard informs and discardable players 
where can people find your tweets and stupidly good pack polls? They can find my tweets and stupidly good pack polls on at the foot coach on Twitter. And this has been one of the most enjoyable pods I've done, actually. I think Matt's been a really good sport. And I know the foot weekly breaks are always legendary, but I've really enjoyed picking Finney's brains over the over the break on cricket, being a bit of a cricket anorak myself. So good stuff. Great. Well, thank you to both of you and a huge thank you to all of you. And of course, a quick reminder not to miss that 12,000 FIFA point giveaway over on the podcast patron, which is bit.ly slash 21 pod points two. So that's bit.ly slash 21 pod points two. And thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. And a huge thank you to all you supporters and to those icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Hunter B, Alistair, Martin M, Jordan, Matt L, Liam B, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, David S, Robbie S, Andrew C, Tom B, Paul S, Yannick H, Stephen F, Eric T, Dominic G, Christopher R, Damon H, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Brian S, Sila P, James P, Mikhail L, Nishant, Anthony R, also ran, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, Dan W, Pobius, Bronco, Matt H, Alan M, and Savage P. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you, I just wanted to say that, well, FIFA is a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.